Welcome to the Focus Church Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We hope that it inspires you and gives you a fresh perspective. Enjoy the sermon. All right. Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6. If you have a copy of God's Word. Mark chapter 6. How many of you know it's important to eat before making a big decision? How many of you know it's important for you to eat before making any decision, really? You know? You go somewhere hungry and you have to make a big decision the emotional weight of being hungry can uh, kind of bleed into your mental clarity. Have you ever been there before? It's like hangry. You get hangry. Like in just a couple of hours, not long from now, I will be a different person. <laughs> it won't, the clock is ticking. It is currently 11, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for those watching wherever you're watching from. And by 1 p.m., you don't want to be around me unless we are sitting around a table. Come on, somebody. Don't just act like I'm the only one that gets hangry. The Spirit of the Lord had come upon you. And, and that Sunday lunch is so different than all the rest of the lunches. I don't know why, but I could go in the middle of the week. I can go without food, no problem. But man, if on Sunday there ain't something to eat from somewhere, oh, it gets bad, dude. It's bad. My personal trainer's here on the front row. He's like, no. I don't, I don't, I don't keep myself accountable on Sundays because calories don't count on Sundays, right, bro? They do count. They still count. Okay, they count on Sunday. So even like right now, I'm thinking about what I'm going to be eating <laughs> in two hours or so. And because yesterday we were able to uh, harvest a animal from the woods, a deer, um, I got one of the hams already and put it in the crock pot this morning. Come on, somebody. That's all natural. That's farm to table so fast, it was killed less than 24 hours ago. Come on. I don't know how long your steak sat through the truck and went through all the process, how many hormone shots it got, but the lunch that I'm having today is straight from the woods of Harnett County. Come on, somebody. <laughs> from the back of my four-wheeler to my kitchen in less than three hours. And uh, so I'm going to have that for lunch. And what we're finding in the context, you're like, where is he going with this? What we're finding in the context of Mark chapter 6 is that the disciples have an empty stomach. They're hungry. They've been working really hard. They've been on a ministry tour. They've been so busy ministering to people that they themselves have not even had a chance to eat. And so Jesus decides to take them on a personal retreat to find some sort of Golden Corral or uh, Ruth Christ or Chick-fil-A drive through somewhere to satisfy their physical needs. And so they get in a boat and watch what happens. It says this in verse 30, the apostles returned to Jesus from their ministry tour and told him all that they had done and taught. And then Jesus said, let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. Even Jesus advocated for, for a personal day. Even Jesus advocated for a nap. Come on, somebody. And let's rest a while. He said this because there were so many people coming and going and that Jesus and his apostles, they didn't even have time to eat. Come on. Some of you, if God called you to do something, but you didn't have time to eat, you wouldn't do it. You're like, I'll do whatever you want me to do, God, but first I got to eat. I got to eat first. And these disciples, they love God so much. They were called by God that they forewent their physical needs in order to meet spiritual needs of people. We'll see that here. And so they left by boat for a quiet place where they could be alone. But many people recognized them and saw them leaving and people from many towns ran along the shore and got there ahead of them. And Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. Now keep in mind, they're still hungry. 
They were on their way to a personal retreat. They were on their way to gratify and satisfy their personal desires. They were in it to kind of get some rest and go to a quiet place. But Jesus sees the need and he sacrifices his physical needs for the spiritual needs of those on the shore. And I'm so grateful that he did the same for us, that he, that he went to the cross sacrificing his physical desire in order to heal, heal us spiritually, in order to save us by his blood. Jesus was doing this because he understood that there was a, a limited amount of time left for his ministry. That he could eat when he was done, but I needed to, I looked at the shore and I see people in there like sheep without a shepherd. And I look at our city and there's sheep without a shepherd. I look at people and I'm like, whatever physical needs I'm trying to meet for myself, they must come secondary to the call of God in the spiritual things of this world. And if I'm not careful, I'll just rush off to a quiet place, leaving the sheep without a shepherd in the dust. And that's not what we're called to do during this initiative. What we're called to do during this initiative is to step outside the boat and say, I was on my way to do this but I've decided to do this instead. I was on my way to feed the disciples, but I'm on my way to feed the people instead. If you skip down to verse 41, it says Jesus took the five loaves and two fish and he looked up towards heaven, same group of people, and he blessed them. Then breaking the loaves into pieces, he kept giving the bread to the disciples. Remember, the disciples are hungry. Nothing like watching someone else eat while you're hungry. How frustrating is that? watching your coworker bring a good lunch to work and you didn't have enough money to run to McDonald's. You're watching someone else eat. The disciples are hungry. They didn't get to go to their retreat. They didn't get to go to their quiet place. They didn't get to get their, their, their needs met. My needs haven't been met yet and you're asking me to meet someone else's? I haven't been able to have a child yet, yet you're asking me to set up a baby shower for someone else? I haven't been able to find the love of my life yet. You're asking me to be a bridesmaid for someone else? Why does it feel like I'm witnessing other people get their blessing while I'm out here distributing the blessing to others? How come they got a raise and I know their work performance ain't as good as mine? And the disciples knew that God had called them to something that was so great that they were willing to forego their physical needs. They were willing to say, if it's just for a season, if it's just for a little while, I'll make sure that all 5,000 of these men and their families eat before I even take a bite. Why? Because people who follow God long enough know that it is better to put others above yourself. That it is better to put others first above yourself. That when you put others first above yourself, the miracle actually ends up coming to you. The reason why some people aren't saying amen is because they've never put others first. So they don't know what it feels like to live under the blessing of God. They only know what it feels like to live under their own desires. So he takes them, he gives them to the, to the disciples, but he's like, don't eat that yet. That's for them. <laughs> why? We were on our way. Why did you turn the boat around? He also divided the fish for everyone to share. I love verse 42. It could be your life verse. They ate. They all ate as much as they wanted. <laughs> That's my Thanksgiving verse. <laughs> Put it on the doorpost. They all ate as much. It's just one verse. 
They're like, why did you get Mark 6:42 tattooed on your arm? Because that's my life verse. <laughs> they all ate as much as they wanted. Come on, somebody. Forget Jeremiah 29:11 on my coffee mug. Give me Mark 6:42. Verse 43 says, and afterwards, afterward, it's important. Not during, not before. Afterward. After they had done all the work, after they had divided them up into groups of 50, after they had fed close to 20,000 people when it comes to men, women, and children together, the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftover bread and fish. You mean to tell me that they got to eat the leftovers that were blessed by God? Yep. And I bet you it tasted better than any plans that they had made before Jesus stopped the boat. Because when you submit to God's plans, when you sacrifice on behalf of God, the leftovers will always taste better than whatever plans you had. The leftovers will always taste better. Why? Because because I have learned to live under the sacrificial mandate that God has given me. And when I live under the sacrifice that God has called me to, I live under the blessing that comes from God. You can't live under the blessing unless you live under sacrifice. I bet you they were complaining. Ah, how come they get to eat before I do? And then could you imagine when they go to pick up that basket of leftovers, connecting the dots that they were on their way to get some small little meal. Now they get a basket full. Verse 44, a total of 5,000 men and their families were fed. Father, use your word. It is a lamp unto our feet. It is a light unto our path. May we be people of sacrifice during this season. May we forego the things that our flesh desires in order to embrace the things that our spirit desires. My heart is heavy for the task at hand. We're hungry. We want our personal desires fulfilled, but... May you reveal to us what the leftovers are going to be like when this season is complete. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I have three observations. It's going to be a short sermon. Are you guys okay with a short sermon? Nobody ever asked for it to be longer. At the end of the service, they're not like, Pastor, you should have preached for 15 more minutes. I would have stayed. No, the reason it's going to be short is because there's a party with the pastor and a big bounce house outside. And I know some of you really want to get in that bounce house. So um, the first observation, they all start with the letter S, is that Jesus is the shepherd. Jesus is the shepherd. I don't know who's leading you or who's guiding you, but it probably should be Jesus. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know who's in charge of your life, but I, I hope that it's Jesus. He is the good shepherd. It says that when he looks at the shore, he looks at the people and he says, they are sheep without a shepherd. You need Jesus to be your shepherd. The issue that a lot of us come against and the issue that I came up against is that I made him my savior without making him my shepherd. So I got saved to not go to hell, but I never surrendered it to him for him to do anything significant with me here on earth. But it was the day I made him my shepherd that I began to see the blessing of God come. His grace came when I was saved, but his blessings come when I make him my Lord. 
That's why we say make him your Lord and Savior. He can save you from your sin, but have you surrendered every area of your life? He looks at those people and says, they are sheep without a shepherd. Let's not go on our personal retreat to a quiet place just yet. Let's turn this boat around because I am here so that they might not be lost, but so that they might be guided. The problem is we don't like being led We're free people here in this country. Self-made millionaires. We do what we want when we want. Nobody's going to tell me when I have to wear this or when I have to do this or when I, I do what I want. And the problem is if you're a sheep and you do whatever you want, you end up off a cliff. You end up not led to green pastures. You end up not led to still waters. You end up uh, thirsty and hungry for the things that, that, that only the good shepherd can lead you to. Jesus is my shepherd. I could preach a whole series how Jesus is our shepherd. The psalmist understood it in Psalm 23, the very first verse I ever memorized as a child. My mom would read it over me every single night. The first verse says, the Lord is my shepherd. What's the second part? I shall not what? That means the shepherd. The shepherd knows what I need. Not only does he know what I need, he knows what I want. Oh, when you surrender to the shepherd, he'll meet all your desires. When you surrender to the shepherd, it'll correct though. The rod and the staff, they'll comfort you. Do you know what that means? And when you get out of line, we don't like that part. Don't tell me what to do. Don't tell me, be my Lord, be my savior. But the moment he tells you to sacrifice, ow, no, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Jesus must be your shepherd. And when I say he must be your shepherd, I'm talking every day of your life. He might have saved you one time, but he should be your shepherd every time. So salvation is an experience, but being led by the shepherd is a lifestyle. So I'm saved by grace, but I'm led by the spirit. I want to tell you right now, once you learn to surrender your life to the shepherd, he knows where to find the green pastures. He knows where the good grass is. He knows that's not a marijuana joke, by the way. Some of you are like, I really like this church. This is a good church. This is our church. There's no high like the most high. Don't be blazing and praising. I'm just saying. This thing has gone off the rails pretty quick today. Food, weed, what else can we talk about? He is my shepherd. It says in John 10, 27, that my sheep listen to my voice. It says that I know them and they follow me. Jesus knows you. Maybe that's the reminder you need today, that when you not only are saved, but when you submit your life to the shepherd, there's a relationship that happens. This isn't transactional. This is relational. If you grew up in a Catholic tradition, a lot of your practices were traditional. They were transactional. They were not relational. That's why you felt like you had to go to church at this day and this thing, and you had to do this. That's not the God that we serve. 
The God that we serve will take you through the mountains and the valleys. The God that we serve will lead you and guide you and correct you at a very personal way. The conviction of the Spirit will move in such a way where it's personal, not just transactional. Church is not transactional here. At Focus Church, we don't believe that you check off a box. We don't believe that you uh, obtain some sort of level of righteousness by going through the motions. But instead, when you surrender your life to the shepherd and he leads you and guides you and comforts you and takes you where you want to be, that's the good stuff. That's the lifestyle that Jesus wants. And he looks, he gets out of the boat, he looks and he said, we can't go eat just yet. They are like sheep without a shepherd. And when I look across the city of Raleigh and the towns and the suburbs that are absolutely explosive, we can't keep up with the population. We could build a hundred campuses in Raleigh and there would still be lost people. They are like sheep without a shepherd. You know it, you work with them. You know it, you go to school with them. You know it, you live right next to them. Especially that one guy that never brings his trash cans in. He is like sheep without a shepherd. Am I too real for y'all? Y'all want me to lighten it up? You want me to? I'll read off my transcript if y'all want one. I won't joke around no more. They're like sheep without a shepherd, man. Trust me, I've met them. I hang out with them. I'm friends with them. Every, every shepherd needs some people who aren't directly connected to his, his own flock. It gives me perspective when I hang out with lost people. I'm like, oh, those are, that's the words that people are using. Like, I learned so much around lost people, you know? I don't partake, I don't participate, but boy, I, it does educate, that's for sure. I'm like, wow, that's how you think? That's what you think, you know? When I hang around my lost friends on the golf course or at the hunting club or anywhere, it's like it gives me great burden for sheep without a shepherd. Because their hope is in these momentary things. Their hope is in these, these things that are only tangible. But what I want you to inherit are riches that are untold, are riches that are great. And what I want for this city is for them to experience life change through Christ. And they will not experience it unless Jesus is their shepherd. He must be their shepherd. He must be their shepherd. Jesus, if Jesus is not my shepherd, he cannot be my source. Jesus is also the source. It came from Jesus. The bread and the fish, where did it come from? It came from God. Through the hands of Jesus, into the hands of the disciples, then into the hands of the people. Jesus is the source of all things that you have. Did you know that? Did you know that he owns everything? That you've achieved nothing without him? I know you think you got that raise out of your own merit. I know you think you're doing good, and you are. And I'm proud of you. But the moment you think that you did this without God, it is a dangerous place to think that your source is other than God. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. All things were created by him and through him. All things were created. Everything above and beneath. Everything you have and everything you need. He is that source. And you cannot live your life thinking that you control everything you own. Because then you're acting as though God cannot remove it or add to it. Some of you are so fearful that you have limited God's ability to pour out blessing on you. Because you have made yourself the source of all things. I did this. I moved this mountain. 
I made this possible. And what God is trying to say to us during this season of sacrifice is if you will allow me to be your source, I will do exceedingly abundantly more than you could ever ask or imagine, pressed down, shaken together, or running over. The American dream is that we would become our own source. But the Christian dream, the Christian lifestyle says, I am not my own source. God is my provider. Everything, everything I shall not want. Why? Because the Lord is my shepherd. He is my supply. He's my supply. Is he your supply? Everything I have comes from God. Everything I have already belongs to God. It comes from him. We have to move beyond the shepherding phase and realize that he is also our source. Not only does he lead me, not only does he guide me, but he is the source of all things that have come to me. And when you live a life like that, you learn to honor him, even in the challenging seasons, because you learn to live a life with an open hand. You learn to live a life that says, God, whatever you want to bring to me, bring it. And whatever you want to take away from me, take it. A mature believer lives a life like this. Someone who is selfish and maybe hasn't come to the saving knowledge of what God wants to do to be their supply lives their life with such a closed hand that God cannot pour out anything else. You can't receive the five loaves and the fish if you do not open your hand to receive it. With the same hand that you receive blessing, God can also release blessing through you. See, blessing was never meant to stop at you. It was always meant to flow through you. That's why I live my life with an open hand. I say, God, whatever you bring to me, you bring it. Whatever you take from me, you take it. But it's not mine to begin with, so who am I to try to hold tightly to it? And I've met so many people limiting the blessing of God because they're holding their hands so tightly on the little that God has given them just to test them. And the moment they learn to relinquish it, what happens is God pours out blessing that they cannot contain. I want to encourage you to live your life during this season of sacrifice as we step into this initiative with an open hand. God, what do I need to release in order to see your, your church advance, in order to see the kingdom advance? And what can you pour out when I do? We used to potty train. Praise God, those days are over. <laughs> Has anybody ever incentivized their children when potty training? I don't know if you guys are too far removed from that season in your life, but we have this incentivizing way. I borrowed this. I don't know whose this was. This was underneath the front row. <laughs> I think it was someone gave it to, to you as a gift. I, I'll give it back. We were, we, were, um, we were potty training one of our children. I will not name them to not embarrass them at a later date, but he, he was going through... Um, <laughs> if, if, if you're laughing, it's because you know we only have three kids and only one of them is a boy, so... <laughs> Uh, he was going through the process of being potty trained, and uh, this is years ago. He's older now. And, and what we would do is, on good days, we would have a little candy thing near the you know, place where you go to the bathroom. And um, we, would, we would say, okay, good job, and give him, like, one piece of candy, you know. Incentivize him, you know. Good aim, good job, you know. <laughs> we didn't have to clean up anything on the floor. We weren't surprised by anything. Good job. And then we, it, it keep progressively gets better, you know? Aim gets better. 
him letting us know that he needs to go gets better. If you've done this before, you know what I'm talking about. And you can see the light. I mean, the promised land is so on the other. It's like there's just one giant left in the land. You know, you're so close. And, and um, one day, it was just a good day. We were firing on all cylinders. I mean, I'm talking like it was all in the same container one time. It was so great. It was awesome. And I went to go give him some candy. And, and, and I put one piece of candy in his hand, and he he. he grabbed a hold of it as, as he should, you know? And I wanted to give him more. I wanted, to, I wanted to pour it out. Kelly, come up here for a second. Come up here. You're wearing a good team jersey today. So, so I, I get, I, but that tattoo is UNC, so go back, sit down. I'm just kidding. <laughs> come on. So he, he hold, hold, hold. Now, now I put it in his hand. You're potty trained, right? Okay, good, good job. Okay, good job. Okay, now he closed his fist. And he, he, was, he wouldn't open his hand, but I'm his source. But because he was satisfied with the little he had, see, hold, hold your hand close, close it. Close. I couldn't, I couldn't, nothing else, nothing else was on him because he can't hang on to it. So it falls to the wayside. Why? Because when he is my source, I, I open up your hand, open up your hand. When he's my source, then I can, I can put more on him. I can actually put more through him as well. But if he closes his hand, he limits the blessing of God. Thank you. You can have a seat. Give it up for Kelly. He's so awesome. And, and, what, and what you don't know is I got, I got a big candy bar exceedingly abundantly all that you can ask or imagine but if you're satisfied with one little three musketeers fun size if you want the fun size blessing then go ahead and close your hand but if you want a a, a blessing that is more than you can contain leave it open and let God take and let God give and let God take and let God give because he cannot multiply what you do not give God multiply my finances give some It's like, I want you to bless my finances. Give some. He cannot multiply what does not pass through his hands. That lunch didn't go from the little boy to the disciples to the people. It had to go through the hands of God. And some of you wonder why you're not blessed. It's because your finances have not gone through the hands of God. It must go through my hands in order for it to multiply. You will constantly be letting seed fall to the ground if you keep your clenched fist closed. Everything, he is my source. He cannot multiply what you do not give. Proverbs 3, 9 through 10 says, Honor the Lord with your wealth. Honor the Lord with your wealth. And with the first fruits of all your produce. Some of you are like, I'm not in produce. I, you know, I'm in tech. Honor the Lord with all your tech. <laughs> then your barns, your hard drives will be filled with plenty. And your vats will be bursting with wine. I want that for you. I don't want that just for this church. I want that for you. I want your kids to see what it's like to be blessed. I want your grandkids to see what it's like to be blessed. May God bless you more than you can handle. But he won't give what you cannot receive. And if you're holding on to the little that you have, then you can't see him pass blessing through you. This is the season of sacrifice. And then number three, as John comes and the band comes, this is the surplus. Jesus is the surplus. 
Jesus is the surplus. Verse 42, our life verse for today. They all ate as much as they wanted. Not as much as they needed, as much as they wanted. Not just to hold them over until dinner time. This wasn't some snack. As much as they wanted. How much do you want? What a good question. How much do you want? How much do you want from God? You want a lot? (laughs) He better be your surplus. He better be your source. But if he's not your shepherd, you can forget about all of that. He must first be your shepherd in order for him to be your source. Then he becomes your surplus. They are like sheep without a shepherd. Jesus is the surplus. So many of us live hand to mouth, week to week. We don't, we've never seen the surplus of God because we're just clinching so tightly to the little that we have. But he is our surplus. All that they wanted. Can I get some more fish? Absolutely. Can I get a couple more rolls of that bread? Totally. It's golden corral. It's not... This is the limited menu and you can only get what I give. It says that they ate as much as they wanted. That's a buffet. That's a three hours on under the heat lamp Salisbury steak at the Golden Corral. And you could go back for more. Like the ice cream machine at Golden Corral, back for more. Why? Because he's our surplus. He's not just my supply. He's not just my source, but exceedingly, abundantly, all above all that I can ever ask or imagine. If I told you how God has blessed so many people's lives in this church who have been obedient to surrender, it would blow your mind. We had a couple in this church, they forewent retirement. They were going to retire. We presented this idea of raising $2 million towards debt consolidation in a brand new building. And God spoke to them and said, I want you to work one more year. Don't you think that that retirement's going to be so much more blessed? Like he's going to be on the beach way more than he thought he was going to be on the beach or whatever it is that they're going to do. God is going to bless their sacrifice. It's not about the amount that you give. It's about the level of sacrifice during this season. Just so you know, $500 to you might be $500,000 to someone else. I'm not talking about amounts today. I'm talking about sacrifice. I'm hungry. I need my own. We were on our way to a retreat. We were on our way to eat. I'm asking for you to forego your personal preferences for a moment to feed 5,000 people. And when you do, you'll walk home with a basket. And when you do, you'll be blessed. Why? Because he's not only my shepherd, he's not only my source, but then he becomes my surplus. And when you learn to live under the blessing of God, you watch God give more than he takes. And you give and he fills it up. And he gives and he fills it up as much as they want, as much as they want. Every single time. I've seen it personally. I wish I could tell you. If you knew my life, If you knew me, you'd say that's the favor of God and the consistency of sacrifice. That's all it is. That's the favor of God and the consistency being willing to do whatever he asked me to do. 
Ashton and I hand in hand moved here with no promises of anything. $7.25 an hour, less than a decade ago, nine years ago, I was making the minimum wage at Panera Bread at, in Apex at Beaver Creek Commons. We only had one vehicle at the time. I asked my manager to put the bagels next to the dumpster and not into the dumpster, just so that I didn't have to crawl into the dumpster to get the bagels out. That season of sacrifice, that season of sacrifice, that level of sacrifice. I remember when he called us to a 40-day liquid-only fast. If you know me, you know that that is not in my nature. One-day fast is not even in my nature. 40 days liquid-only. If you look at our pre-launch promotional material, the videos we made, I almost look sick. Why? Because it was a season of sacrifice. But that season of sacrifice had continually led to a move of God that we call Focus Church. It's the grace of God, it's the hand of God, but it's also consistent sacrifice. And I'm asking you to join me just for 24 months. You're like, oh my goodness, that's forever. Not really. 24 months is nothing compared to how long we've been in debt. Been in debt since I was born. So you mean to tell me that in 24 months, we can, we can redeem what has been over us for 30 years? Yes. And not only that, but you mean to tell me we'll have a brand new building and be able to continue to build campuses with no debt for cash for 50, 75, 100, 80 years? 24 months is a sliver of time compared to the amount of time this will impact. You'll be in heaven looking down at people worshiping in buildings that you helped build. Oh man. What a day that it will be when people come and knock on your door in heaven and say, remember that building on Destiny Drive you helped pay off and build the new one in the front? Yeah, thank you. If it wasn't for your sacrifice, I would not be here today. You want that impact? I want that impact. It takes foregoing your personal hunger to satisfy the needs of the sheep that don't have shepherds. And when you learn to live in this lifestyle, God not only becomes your shepherd, he not only becomes your source, but then you live a life of surplus that you can bless others and you're blessed to be a blessing. God has no supply chain issues. <laughs> Lord, help me preach this in a short period of time. God has no problem getting you everything you need. I know right now your Amazon toilet paper wish list, whatever it is that you got on the coast, it's stuck. Inflation is rising because demand is increasing while supply is at an all-time low. I came to tell you today, God is the God of all supply. He doesn't have any supply chain issues. There's no, there's no shortage of blessing in the factory of God. Just live with an open hand. Be ready to give sacrificially. Be ready to say, God, whatever it is that you have for my family, I want you to do it. Not only do I want you to do it just for me, not for personal gain, but for the kingdom of God so that I might go home with a basket full. It says in Psalm 65, 11, I close with this. You crown the year with a bountiful harvest, even the hard pathways overflow with abundance. Let's read that one more time. Can we read it together? You crown the year with a bountiful harvest, even the hard pathways overflow with abundance. What does that mean? That means that you don't even have to have it all together in order to sacrifice. 
that even in the hard areas of your life, this season of your life, you say, Pastor, how could you ask me to sacrificially give to a building project, to a, to a campaign, to a, to a $2 million initiative? How in the world would you dare ask me to do that? Have you seen how hard my life is? And I would say that God crowns the year with a bountiful harvest, even the hard places even the hard places overflow in abundance. So every person that came in here with lack, I guarantee you, you sacrifice for the Lord and he will bless the difficult places, bless the, the soil that's not even good right. I'm not, my bank account's not even set up that way. I came to tell you right now that God, even the hard pathways will overflow with abundance. I want you to bring your commitment next weekend. I know many of you will skip church on purpose. That's okay. The Lord will forgive you. I don't know if I will, but the Lord will forgive you. Let's do this together, man. Like 24 months, it's nothing. And when you're worshiping down there and you look down the aisle and you see your neighbor, you're like, it was worth it. When you look online and you see your grandma commenting in the comment section, hadn't been to church in a long time, be worth it. Go with Ashton and I to a place maybe that you've never gone before so that we can leave with a basket full with our sacrifice. It's important. And I pray that you would be blessed. If you've never made Jesus your shepherd, you probably will never experience the surplus. So today, Maybe you're lost. You don't know the Lord. You're like a, a sheep without a shepherd. We've all been there before. I've been there. We've all been there before. I want to give you an opportunity today to receive Jesus as your Lord and make him your Savior. If you've never accepted Christ in your life today, this church exists for you. I know it's awkward to go from like talking about money in a campaign to presenting to you the gospel, but ultimately... That's what it's all about. And so with every head bowed and every eye closed all across this room, you say, Pastor Mike, I don't know Jesus, but I want to. I don't know about this God that you serve, but it sounds like, it sounds like he calls me to a higher calling and I need, I, I'm lost right now and I need to be found. I need a leader. I need a guide. I need a shepherd. I need, I'm like a sheep without a shepherd. I'm, I'm hungry. I'm not just hungry for physical things. I'm hungry for spiritual things. And he is a well that never runs dry. He is the bread of life. And he came and died on a cross so that you and I might be saved. And if you don't know of that saving knowledge of Jesus today, I want to give you an opportunity just to recognize your need for him. If you say, I need Jesus to save me. I've never been saved and I want to be. I would just like to pray for you today everyone at the sound of my voice, I would just like to pray for you today. Would you just raise your hand so that I can pray for you? Just raise your hand if you want to be saved today. Praise God. Keep your hand up, ma'am, so that I can see it. Anyone else you want to be saved today? Raise it high enough so that I can see it. This lady right here with the child. Anybody else? Anybody else? Raise your hand up high. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. For the sake of those that just raised their hand, would you repeat after me, everyone at the sound of my voice, just say, Father God, I give my life to you. You are my savior. You are my shepherd. You are my Lord. I repent of my sins and give my life to you. In Jesus name.
amen and amen. Hey, if you just prayed that prayer for the first time, I want to invite you to join us at the prayer tent today following the service. We want to put a Bible in your hand. We want to walk this out with you. Our prayer team is available. If you need any prayer at all, maybe you didn't pray that prayer for the first time, but you need some prayer. Our prayer team is always available at the tent in the, lo- in the outside the patio in the lobby area there. And I just want you to know that I love you. Thank you for being on this journey with us. I promise you uh, Christmas at the movies, I won't break your arm. Okay. It's only, for, it's, it's only for this sermon series and next Sunday is the final week and, and we're, we're, gonna have, we're gonna see God do some incredible things, not just personally, but corporately. I trust that you're believing God for some greater things. What if this year was your year? Like, what if this was the year where you said, you know what? I've tried poverty my whole life. Why don't I try generosity? Yeah. Like I've tried hand to mouth every single week. Let's, let me try sacrificing something. I'd love to see what your life will look like when we all sacrifice together. And I love to see it. I love to see it. Let's thank God for his word today. Thanks again for joining us. And thank you to those who give generously to make the ministry possible. You can click the link in our description to give now or visit givetofocus.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can subscribe, share it with your friends. And while you're at it, take a screenshot and share it on your social stories and tag us at MyFocusChurch. We'd love to hear how God is speaking to you.